Good afternoon, y'all. Such a great day to be able to see y'all's faces on this feast of Our Lady Fatima. Um, just a little friendly reminder, today is a very special day for St. Thomas. Because it was two years ago today that the first wall of the Adoration Chapel went up. The entire Adoration Chapel, just to remind you, the first wall went up on May the 13th, the Feast of Our Lady Fatima, and we opened it up six months later on October the 13th, the last day of the apparition of Our Lady Fatima, the day the sun danced, the day Our Lady appeared as Mount Carmel in Fatima, and the day St. Joseph and baby Jesus appeared to the world blessing them. So that little chapel right there has a very, very significant connection to Our Lady of Fatima, and that was not planned by us. That was the architect, that was the builders who, and the rain that kept coming and coming that pushed us all the way back. And he said, let's have the turnkey on October the 13th, Father. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and then the first wall goes up. So very special for us, right? I want to give you a little history real quick. And it's something I have yet to really develop, but it is something I feel like our Lord and our Lady were given me at some particular time in history, hopefully before I die, to develop and tease this out. Um, because I think it's important for our day and age. The apparition of Fatima is extremely important for today, for our lives. So let's go back a little bit. Um, and I won't be able to get into it. This could be an entire hour presentation. I just want to, I want to plant something in your, in your brains. Go back to the Old Testament. You had the prophet Elijah. And uh, Elijah was on a mountain called Mount Carmel. And it was at this time in the history of Israel that they were just doing all kind of crazy things. And so God allowed a great famine to fall upon the people. And he withheld rain for three and a half years. Now, in Louisiana, we'd go like, man, that's a blessing. But over there, they relied on their crops tremendously. And so for three and a half years, not a raindrop fell in all of Israel. And so at this time with Elijah, he's on Mount Carmel. And he tells one of, the, one of the servers, he says, go over to the sea and tell me what you see. So the server runs over to the sea. He looks around. He goes back to Elijah. He says, I don't see anything. And he runs back to the water, comes back. I don't see anything. Goes back to the water, comes back. I don't see anything. Six times in the Old Testament, we're told that this server went to, on Mount Carmel, to the sea, looked out, didn't see anything, and comes back. On the seventh time, he comes back to Elijah and he says, I saw a small cloud arising from the sea. And it got larger and larger and larger and it looked like a large foot. All right. So Elijah at that moment tells the king and he tells the people, he says, go and get into your homes lest you, be, lest you perish by the rain which is to come. And so biblical scholars have interpreted that foot to be the heel of our blessed mother which was going to crush the sin that was taking place in Israel. And blessings now were going to come to the land. The rain was going to come. All right? So it, was going to, it is going to mark for Israel the end of an era of evil. All right? And God's blessings would come upon them. So that's the first thing. Mount Carmel has a significant role in salvation history. Fast forward to the year 1251 a monk by the name of St. Simon Stock. He was a Carmelite monk. He ended up having an apparition, not on Mount Carmel, but on another place. But he was a part of the brothers, a part of the Carmelites of Mount Carmel. There were hermits that lived on the mountain of Mount Carmel. And so we have this devotion to Our Lady Mount Carmel because she appeared to St. Simon Stock in 1251 and gave him the scapular. Can you grab one of my scapulars in there? 
please. Um, gave him the scapula. It was a much larger thing, almost similar to this, except it didn't have the sleeve pieces. It was just long and skinny, and it would pass over the scapular bone. And she said that for the brothers that were there, and it's been extended now to the entire church, anyone who dies, she says, wearing this scapular will never suffer the fires of eternal damnation. Right? And so that devotion began to grow amongst the laity, and so we have our scapular as you see it here, right? Um, it's a smaller piece still going over the bones, but it's the promise of Our Lady. And it's interesting to think, how can that, it's some kind of hocus-pocus, like I can just wear the scapular and go out and live a debaucherous, sinful life? No. It's the garment of Our Lady. It's Our Lady's garment that she gave to us, Right? And the back of the scapular is wool. Most of the time, though not all the way today, but it was usually taken from the sheep that grazed on the, the mountains of Carmel. But the reason why Our Lady can say that is because it's just like with married couples, right? You have a wedding ring on. Every time you look at it, you're reminded of your vows. Well, with this, whenever you have it over your head, it constantly moves, right? And so you'll see, like many times I'll be standing around, I'm just like, pull it down. I'm not adjusting my bra. I'm pulling my scapular, all right? <laughs> I'm sorry. Y'all know me. Stuff gets in my head and it comes right out. Um, so, so I pull, I pull my scapula down, all right? And so what does that mean? What well, means that anytime you touch it, you're reminded of Our Lady. And if you're reminded of Our Lady over and over again, it's going to be very difficult to fall into mortal sin, right? And so that's why Our Lady can... I think I'm red. I feel it. That's why Our Lady... <laughs> That's why Our Lady can make that promise. She promises us, right? So this garment, a great, a great promise by Our Lady. All right? Now, that was 1251. Fast forward now to October the 13th, 1884. Pope Leo XIII was in reign at the time. And after he had, um, he had celebrated Mass in the private chapel, and as he was finishing Mass, he was praying his prayers of thanksgiving, and he stood there in some sort of ecstasy of what was recorded. And what he overheard at the foot of the altar was a conversation between Satan and God. All right? This is a historical thing that happened. Um, what happened is he is hearing, this is again 1884, October 13th. He is hearing this conversation between Satan and God. And in it, Satan asks God, he says, give me some time and I will destroy your church. This is the exact conversation. Satan says to our Lord, I can destroy your church. The gentle voice of our Lord said, you can? Then go ahead and do it. Satan says, to do so, I need more time and more power. Our Lord says, how much time? How much power? Satan says, 75 to 100 years and a greater power over those who will give themselves over to my service. Our Lord said, you have the time and you will have the power. Do with them as you will. All right? That's historical. This is the Pope. And this is what happened. You look at that moment, whenever this began happening, and look at the increase of evil that's happening. Basically, put it into context. You look at Little House on the Prairie with Laura Ingalls, cute little thing that I had a hard crush on in my, in my younger days, and you go to today. Look at how much evil has exploded in the last hundred years. I'm not even going to begin to go through the litany 
of the evil that has happened. At that moment, the Pope went straight into his, his office. He composed a prayer to St. Michael and an extra prayer for the exorcisms. And he mandated that every church throughout the entire world at the end of Mass, every low Mass, this was pre-Vatican II, would pray the St. Michael prayer and the memorari, of which we still do at St. Thomas today. Because he knew what was to come, that an increase of evil was granted. That's a hundred years, right? 1917, fast forward, October the 13th of 1917, exactly 33 years later, was the final apparition of Our Lady of Fatima. All right? Now, let's back up to May 13th of 1917. The three little shepherd children were out tending the sheep, and all of a sudden, the angel of Portugal appears to them and speaks to them of a message, gives them Holy Communion, and then a few days later, Our Lady appears to them. These were little shepherd kids. This was Portugal, 1917. You know history, right? In between World War I and World War II. And she begins speaking to them of what's to come. And she says, if, if the world does not convert and consecrate themselves to my immaculate heart, she says, then Russia will spread its roots to the entire world. And these little children were so innocent, they didn't know who Russia was. They thought it was a woman that Mary was talking about. But we know, hindsight looking back, what she's speaking about. And so shortly thereafter, because the world did not heed the call of Our Lady, Hitler rose. And we know the history from there. And so in this apparition of Our Lady of Fatima, she calls to us over and over again to pray the rosary every single day, to go to confession as often as possible, to receive the sacraments and Holy Communion as often as we can. And she asked for the Pope to consecrate the world to her Immaculate Heart. That didn't happen until John Paul II came around and he consecrated the world to her Immaculate Heart. And so we get to our... October the 13th, right? You can look at it and say, well, it's been exactly 100 years from the Pope's vision to October the 13th. And so that 100 years is up. In biblical times, it's not always exact days. It gives a little bit of time before and after. So we are in the era, we are in the time, y'all, of the end of that reign of Satan. The increase of his evil is coming to a close. That's why it is so vehement right now. Don't be surprised at what comes. All right? But it's not for us to lose hope because Mary says, yes, that stuff is going to happen, but she says, in the end, my Immaculate Heart triumphs. And that's what we're waiting on. We're waiting in this moment, aching like Israel for redemption. We're waiting like Israel, aching for the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. That's where we're at right now. In history, in salvation history. So we're here, and right, and Our Lady is calling us to consecrate our hearts to her. Consecrate your families to Our Lady. This is the beautiful gift that we have. Right? And so as evil increases, right, know that we are not alone and that nothing's done without permission of God. There's a reason why He's allowing these things to happen, because there will be the remnant that are gathered, right? And there will be great blessings and graces. Just as Israel was going through their famine way back in the day. They were calling out to God, so too with us, right? And so let us not lose heart. Let us not lose hope. Let us look at there is a divine plan that is unfolding. And these are the days, as St. Louis de Montfort says, that some of the greatest saints in the history of the church are going to rise up. Maybe that's you sitting in the pews. Great saints, greater than the ones we've ever seen before, are going to rise up from right here. Amen.